Hello there, and welcome to another episode of the Guys with Feelings podcast, where two guys discuss the ideas, influences, epiphanies, and yes, the feelings that make them better men. My name is Jamin Yee. And I'm Gabe Rose. And today we have a special episode with our good friend Enrico Moses, who we've known him uh, for a while, uh, back when we were all living in uh, Venice Beach in L.A., and uh, Enrico's always been um, one of the coolest dudes I've known. <laughs> He's uh, not only is he an incredibly like deep, authentic and very like thoughtful and curious guy, you know, is always thinking about the world. But he's also uh, a phenom as an entrepreneur, as a DJ, as a brand curator. He's into fashion design. He just he does so much and um, is a really really talented guy. Um, yeah, and in terms of his uh, his bio for the podcast, so uh, Enrico is a consultant and entrepreneur. Um, he's an active member of this big global nonprofit organization, the Mankind Project, um, which is um, one of the main things we wound up talking about this interview. Um, he's also professionally uh, currently the managing partner in a lifestyle marketing agency called High Standards. Uh, which helps companies launch and grow, primarily focus in fashion, cannabis, wellness, food, and hospitality. As promised, Rico does a lot of stuff. <laughs> Indeed. And uh, and the way this conversation came about, um, I was basically, I had written a blog post about this documentary I saw called The Work, which you guys will be hearing us discuss soon on the podcast. It's basically this amazing documentary where they go in-depth into this pretty much a group therapy program in Folsom State Prison. And these men all covered in tats, you know, are are crying, are encouraging each other to, to let out their te- tears, to feel emotions and supporting each other like brothers. And I was just talking about how uh, how much that impacted me. And Enrico hit me up and was like, hey, man, this is very much like the work we do in Mankind Project. And I was like, huh, tell me more. And that's basically how uh, this conversation started. And it was an uh, awesome conversation. I think you guys are really going to dig this. So without further ado, here's Enrico Moses. All right. Well, Rico, welcome to the show. It's good to have you here. Hey, hey. Thanks for having me, guys. It's good to be here. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I'm really excited to dive into the Mankind Project and and talk about all that with you. Uh, But before we get to that, um, could you just... Kind of share with us and the audience a little bit about what you've been up to lately, what's been going on? Yeah, so, um, you know, I'm originally from Minneapolis and moved out to L.A. really to further my fashion career. So I've been doing uh, a lot of work in the fashion industry. I work as a consultant, um, just working with independent designers and retailers. And uh, recently I started uh, doing similar type of work in the cannabis and wellness space. Um, so yeah, working with influencers, doing digital marketing, really, uh, cultivating a lot of create, creative vibes and, uh, you know, helping entrepreneurs grow. So yeah, I've been out here for about eight years now, kind of doing that thing. And a lot along the way, just, um, you know, through people I've met and wanting to get to different places in my life is really kind of how I stumbled upon, uh, the Mankind Project. Awesome. Yeah. And speaking of fashion, I'm actually 
wearing uh, some of your pieces right now. <laughs> so it's Rico, amazing. like years ago, I mean, this was maybe like five or six years ago, I feel like. Um, yeah, Rico was making uh, kind of bracelets and necklaces and all sorts of different accessories. And I bought a few pieces and they're still like with me, like, these pieces of yours have been on so many adventures, Rico. <laughs> and that, that means so much to me. That's and have gotten so many compliments. And it's it's <laughs> been so much fun for me to always be like, yeah, yeah, these these pieces right here. My boy in Venice Beach, <laughs> he made them for me. And I'll always tell them a little bit about you and how you're like this really awesome, like this spiritual dude. But you're also like on your grind, entrepreneurship, like doing lots of amazing big things. Um, so... It's really exciting to have you on the show here today. I appreciate all that. And yeah, the, the jewelry line, Seven Days Theory, I'm still doing that. I actually have a huge announcement around that line and I have gifts for both of y'all. You know, what? Today, so. uh, yeah. Oh, man. Definitely, <laughs> definitely keeping that vibe going. Um, but yeah, you know, the Mankind Project and, you know, other, other um, communities like that have really helped me see how to cultivate like my creativity and you know taking some of these ideas and manifesting them is uh you know it's something that I think a lot of us creatives want to do and sometimes I know I've struggled in the past so super grateful just for people like you and Gabe who who are out here like you know helping pave the way and and you know shedding light on just how to how to help get to that next place wherever that is for yourself yeah well I gotta say it's going to be difficult for me to focus the rest of the podcast because I'm just going to be wondering what my gift is. <laughs> like the, the suspense is coming, but I'm going to try just for the sake of our audience to sort of like, you know, put them first and stop thinking about my gift. But yeah, I'm pretty yeah. excited. And, and audience, um, <laughs> Rico's got you too. Just reach under your seat at the end of the show. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A gift yeah, from seven days. Either theory. a life vest or a gift from Rico. Um, <laughs> cool. Well, dude, let's, let's get into the Mankind Project a little bit because I'm really... Um, I would really love to learn more about it. And maybe for starters, if you could just tell us a little bit about um, just what it is at a high level and also maybe in reverse order, sort of how you found out about it and how you first got involved with it. Yeah, cool. So, you know, I kind of stumbled into the project in in a super random way. I was playing volleyball in Venice with a you know, community of just like awesome people and there was a guy there who was a part of this community who was just like a dope guy. You know what I mean? Like stand up guy, didn't show up with a big ego, was super helpful, just really kind, really loving. Um, so we started talking and one day he just invited me over to his garage and he was like, you know, I have some guys that are coming over. Um, we've supported each other before and we basically support each other um, wherever we are in life. And if, you know, if you want to come by and, and kind of connect with us, I know you're not from here. Um, this space is open for you. And at that time, I was like, I was, you know, I was open to that type of thing, I guess. You know what I mean? I was looking for something like that. So when he uh, gave me the invitation, I showed up. And what I saw that day really blew me away. It was um, probably a group of like 12 different men in this garage, mm -hmm. uh, all different ages, different ethnicities. Um, different sexual orientations and men were getting real as fuck. Like <laughs> they were sharing what was going on in their life. Some men, uh, you know, were shedding tears in just a really authentic way. And I remember just thinking to myself, like, 
this is dope. Like, <laughs> I'm glad that this exists. Like, yeah. kind of. I remember that's what I was thinking. I think I shared that with the circle, and they're like, you know what? What's your reflection? And I remember just saying, like, I'm glad this exists. Like, this seems like something like this should exist. Um, and I didn't really think too much of it. He invited me back for uh, another week, so I went back and. Um, after that circle, they basically started talking about this weekend and there's this weekend. And if you like this work, uh, you know, you should go on this weekend exploration. And I'll never forget. There was a guy during the circle. His name's, uh, Russell and he's a good brother of mine now. And he said, you know, you're going to come up with every excuse why not to go on this weekend. You're going to create an excuse why not to go to this weekend. And, he said, all of it is bullshit. <laughs> Very <laughs> subtle. <Yeah. laughs> Very subtle. And he was just like, I want you to, you know, I want you to get past that. And I want you to give yourself this gift of the week of this weekend. It'll be mm-hmm. one of the best things you ever did. And sure enough, all these excuses start coming up of why I couldn't go. <laughs> Time, the money, every excuse. And uh, and that fucking, he, his voice kept coming in my head. Like, there he fucking knew it was going to happen. Um <laughs> So anyways, I, I ended up going on the weekend and yeah, it really, uh, it blew me away as far as what it was. Um, there's a lot of men who show up with a lot of just loving intention mm-hmm. to help you, um, get to wherever you're trying to go, you know, and we're all trying to go to different places and it looks and it looks many different ways to everybody. Um, and essentially, you know, the weekend, there is this, uh, this essence of mystery that, that the project likes to keep around the weekend so that when men do go, they get to fully experience what it is. Mm-hmm. So without me kind of going into the details, I'll just say that the weekend is, it's an exploration, um, to help you find out like, what is your mission? What is your purpose? Um, and at least to help you start asking those questions if you haven't yet. Mm. Um, and then there's a lot of different tools that are kind of like lightly introduced on the weekend around like integrity, um, around like, you know, your word and, and, you know, uh, around what it is that you really want instead of like, you know, listening to what everyone else has been telling you what you want your whole life. So yeah, I did that. And uh, I remember uh, the the brother who invited me, Michael, at the volleyball game after the weekend, he came up to me and he was like, he's like, how well, I was just like blown away. I was so thankful, hugging him, <laughs> probably crying and shit. And, uh, and he was just like, you know, the work, he was like, it actually just begins right now. Right, right. And I was just like, whoa, I got kind of excited. <laughs> I'm like, yo, that's dope. Like, just the this beginning. Is just, yeah, just the beginning. It's going to continue. And he was right. He was so right. So after the weekend, um, I went uh, on this training called the pit training, which is basically where they train the men who go on the weekend to be a part of these uh, these. Uh, they're called uh, integration groups, so I groups, um, and the I groups are all around the world. Um, there's 50,000 men who have initiated through the Mankind Project, and all over the globe, they've created these I groups. And through this uh, pit training, you basically get taught protocols and tools that every single man in the project knows how to use. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you kind of understand how to sit in a circle and how to support each other. Yep. Yep. Awesome. Well, there's so much there to explore. Um, and I'm, I have like a ton of questions. I've finally forgotten about my gift and worrying about it. Nice. Um, the, um, but I, like, I, I think I want to start with like the garage. So you're, you're in the garage for that first meeting. Had you ever done anything like that before? Was it similar to anything you'd experienced or was it, did it really feel like a first time? 
you know, it was very new to me. It's like, it was really new. It was like, I've never seen men, because it's very organized. The The mm. circle is very organized as far as um, what is said, the protocols, the, um, there's a lot of what we call warrior energy, which mm-hmm. is kind of like, you know, let's tighten this up. Let's be on point. You know, if people start kind of telling stories, you know, the men, uh, remind them, Hey, like, let's be precise. Let's use warrior language here. And, you know, mm-hmm. whatever you're trying to say, let's say that instead of like, you know, speaking in stories, yeah. which le- later we find out is kind of like a way to avoid what it is that's really going on. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And how would you just like, there was a really good overview of sort of like a lot of the different activities of the mankind project. Mm-hmm. How would you sort of summarize what the purpose is i think you talked about helping men sort of discover their sort of innermost mission or purpose are there sort of other elements to what it's actually trying to do for individuals yeah i think it's a it's pretty broad as far as what what it is trying to do right because i think it's it's trying to help men find out what masculinity means to them right Mm -hmm. so nobody can tell me what masculinity means to me it's something that i have to define for myself um, so the project is there to help men define what does masculinity mean and to own that and to not be afraid of that and not to feel uh, shame of that. Because mm-hmm. I also feel that in society, sometimes, um, you know, this masculine energy can bring shame up for, for men. And so Definitely. the project is all about really honing into powerful masculine energy which is also based on um on the quadrants that the project really focuses on which is um the lover the warrior the magician and then the king energy okay and so you know the the project borrows um different principles from native american uh traditions from ancient African traditions. And so there's, there's a lot of uh, attention that's also given in the spirit realm and, you know, taking uh, understanding and, and appreciation to the spirit and to the earth, you know, being like it's earth day or, you know, earth week and whatever, you know, it's really honing into the above energy, which is the masculine, the below energy, which is the feminine. We talk about the within, you know, the golden, the golden ball that's within all of us. Um, so these are all principles that are really deeply em- em- enmeshed into the project before every circle. You know, usually we um, honor each of the directions um, in a really beautiful way. And, and I think that's, that's a part of what the project is also about, about is bringing the spirit element into, um, you know, masculinity as well. Yeah. That's really Yeah, cool. really. Um, but yeah, like I love that. I mean, I feel like the, pl- the place we're heading with a lot of our sort of cultural conversation around masculinity is we're getting clearer on the versions of masculinity that are really harmful and that we don't like <laughs> and that we right. want to see less on. But like, right, yeah. I'm often not sure I see like a, uh, so we know what we're trying to sort of have less of. I'm, I'm, I often don't see like a version of masculinity that we want to have more of. Like, I'm not sure we're sort of filling that vacuum with like a positive, different version of masculinity. And, and what I hear you saying about Mankind Project, correct me if I'm wrong, is it's not about sort of taking one idea of masculinity and saying this is what it should be, but sort of about having an overall positive framework that different people can fill in in different ways, but has it sort of guardrails in a general direction. Exactly. And, and really, um, you know, honoring each man's journey. Um, yeah, I think that the project continues to, uh, continues to, 
to push the bounds as far as, you know, in the LGBTQ community, as far as multiculturalism, there's a lot of unity that that I see that the organization continues to push forward as far as, you know, bridging some of these concepts um, that sometimes feel foreign to men. You know, for me, um, it was really helpful to do my work around uh, gay men and to hear and to hear some of their struggles and to see how their struggles really relate to my struggles. Mm. Um, and I think that just being in a space around people when they're opening up around, you know, what's going on for them is just so powerful. Um, so yeah, like giving, uh, giving a space to kind of model the positive in masculinity, I think is something that the project really focuses on and in a way of, of initiation. So the weekend is a metaphor for basically, uh, initiating into manhood, right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, throughout society right now, we have a lot of young men who join gangs. We have a lot of men who are in college who join fraternities and men are looking for community. You know, men are looking for this initiation. Yeah. All <laughs> things that have initiation rituals. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's and, rite of passage. You know? Right. Exactly. The military has initiation ritual. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, right. and so um, that's another big mission for the project is to give men a rite of passage where sometimes I was, uh, not there, you know, where it wasn't in their community. It wasn't given to their, them by their elders. Um, so the Mankind Project really steps in and metaphorically gives men sometimes, I mean, at the age of 60 and 70. And I've seen men mm. initiate at the age of 70 and they're wow. going on the same passage, passage as an 18 year old man. Yeah. Same exact passage. Yeah. Wow. Mm. Better wow. late than never. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Seriously, and that's exactly their approach. I, you know, I watch them and, and say, I'm so glad to know this now and to, to see them in their eyes as, as a young man, I felt really humbled and grateful to see that and, and to see the opportunity that I had to do my work right now and to understand some of my unconscious behaviors as a young man. I, I, for a little while, I felt shame, you know, that I, I have this opportunity and that some people like just, didn't, I guess, you know, get introduced to the project or just didn't know about what this stuff is. Mm-hmm. Um, I just really feel honored. Wow. So, yeah. So I, I definitely want to go back and dive a little deeper into like, you know, the impact that this has had on, on the rest of your life. But I'm also a little curious, you know, after that first weekend and after, you know, you kind of got that taste and you're like, oh, you know, Russell was right. <laughs> he wasn't bullshit. <laughs> Um, what was kind of your, your journey, like getting more involved from there? You know, it was intense. I, I, you know, just going back to like the week after initiating, I remember coming back, uh, to Mary and just being like, I'm a, I'm a new man. (laughs) You're looking at another man and it was like for real. And, um, and from that day forth, like, it, it continued to evolve. I, you know, my masculinity continues to evolve. Um, my ability to communicate, my ability to understand, like some of my unconscious uh, behavior and some of my self-limiting beliefs. Um, yeah, that that journey has like exploded a, a week afterwards. And so, kind of what what my uh, experience was like within the project was really involved. Um, I. I graduated or initiated and then I 
um, did my pit training right away, which was like this 10 week training. And then right after the pit training, I basically um, went into staff another pit. So was helping to train new men um, in the pit process, kind of supporting a pit training. Um, and then basically some of my brothers were like, man, you have a lot of passion around multiculturalism. So they um, supported me to to stand up and to, um, to run to get elected for the LA council. And I, w- I ended up being elected as a multicultural chair representative nice. and sitting on the council uh, for that year. And then that led me to, you know, doing some multicultural trainings uh, up in San Francisco, learning more about um, kind of leadership within the program. And then that that led me on this crazy tangent of basically um, starting a community that was with men and with women. And so we, uh, you know, some some guys that I was really heavily involved with back then and, and doing some circles with. One day, like <clears throat> this woman shows up to our our circle with a guy, and this was like it was outside Beverly Hills. We were at like this huge Beverly Hills uh, mansion, and I'm like, "There's no way they're here by accident." Like these, like these are huge like blocks, and they're asking about this circle, and I'm like, "Why is there a girl here?" And I was actually pretty pissed. I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm thinking like we're doing men's work, and someone invited a woman. And lo and behold, it was just like one of the most powerful experiences for me having her there, um, you know, seeing that I, I haven't been doing my work around women. And so that led me to um, basically start this community with those men. And we initiated around uh, like 60 people within that community, men and women. We mm-hmm. led four different 10 week long trainings um, that were based on the work that we've been doing in um, in MKP. And so I continue to do that work along with the, the Mankind Project work. But like what I've learned with multiculturalism is that for me within the project that um, doing work with women has been really important and just it's it's so powerful. You know, in this world, half the world are women. So it's it's so important for me to understand what are some of their struggles? Um, you know, what are what are some of their judgments um, what are the things that that they're dealing with? So when I'm dealing with women, I can better understand uh, how to be empathetic with them, how to listen um, and how to just understand them a little bit better, because I think we are different, you know, and, and I'm coming to like grips with that a lot more in my older age, just how how men and women are different. And that's OK. And there's this masculine and feminine energy um, that I think we both want to honor. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'd love to sort of use that as a jumping off point to really get a little more specific if we can about sort of what the work has meant for you. Mm-hmm. So like, I would love to hear maybe one or two of the biggest or most profound ways in which you've changed mm-hmm. as a person, maybe mm-hmm. um, beliefs you used to have that you now don't have, or, um, you know, ways you handle a certain type of situation. Now they're totally different than in the past. Anything along those lines, we'd just love to hear some examples. Yeah, I mean, it's been, um, there, there's so many different things. I think one of the things that really jumps out at me is just around integrity and mm. that, and accountability. Like those two things, like understanding what accountability means, understanding what integrity means to me for myself and for people around me. And to understand, um, so we talk a lot about gold and shadows in the project. And the gold is like the things that, are awesome about us, right? The things that, um, that we give to the world that are just 
you know, amazing and abundant, our gifts that we have. And then our shadows are our self-limiting beliefs. So really for me, understanding what my shadows are and being able to, to speak those shadows into existence, to have a relationship with those shadows, mm. um, to learn about the shame that I had in my life. Um, mm. that was dealing with a lot of shame and I didn't, I didn't know, you know, I just, I found out one night, um, that I was shaming myself in my sleep. Mm-hmm. Like being like, you fucked that up. You did that wrong. You should have did that better. Um, and I came up with this practice of like, whenever I was shaming myself, like how to kind of show, you know, show love to that and, and give light to that, that shame. And, and so like, that's one of the ways that I think I've really been impacted is by starting to understand what my shadows are and the stories that I'm telling myself, some of the self-limiting stories, you yeah. know, like I have this, uh, a shadow of perfectionism where I mm-hmm. think comes from being a man of color. And when I was younger, just being taught, you know, you're, you're a black man. And as a black man, you have to be twice as good as everyone in order to survive. And, and thinking as a child, like, how do I, how am I supposed to be twice a child? Like, I'm yeah. <laughs> just one. I'm just one. How do I double <laughs> that? And, okay, I'll try. And so what that did is it, it led me to, you know, always thinking I could do things better. Um, and so I've, I've been able to take a look at that shadow and, and to own it, you know, to own that I have this perfectionism shadow and sometimes that, um, affects my relationships and affects, you know, my work and, and things like that. So having that in front of me, um, has just been really, uh, helpful for me. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It reminds me, um, Jamin, a lot of sort of like Jamin and I have both been um, doing some therapy recently with this framework called internal family systems. And it reminds me a lot of like the parts idea, Jamin, that like we've both sort of like found a lot of resonance with. Yeah, yeah. Like it, it's this idea that, you know, within all of us, we have all of these kind of like sub psyches like mm-hmm. within us. Right. And like they'll call them parts. But, you know, a lot of them like let's say, you know, someone cuts me off and I get really angry. You know, it's easy for us to be like, oh, I, Jamin, got angry. But if you actually, like, look into it, it's like there's, like, a part of you. There's, like, this kind of, like, this sub-psyche, sub-personality that's actually trying to kind of protect you or defend you. And then when you're talking about, like, that shame voice, like, in a weird way, like, probably when you were a kid, that was that voice that was pushing you to, like, okay, I got to be, I got to be twice a man. You know, I got to be twice a person. Like, and that voice was pushing you. Um, and it was actually like, you know, trying to help you. And maybe it was of service at some point. And then as you got older, it became more toxic than helpful. Totally. Um, yeah. So it totally reminds me uh, of that kind of stuff. And, and I think just what I, you know, a thread with men's work, with therapy, it's like so much of it is just making the unconscious conscious, Yep. you yeah. know, and, and what, yeah. like all of us, everyone, the people listening to this, the, us on this uh, talking right now, like we are all, we all have these programs that are just running on autopilot and we're not aware of a lot of them. And it's pretty crazy what happens when you notice like, oh, I'm doing this. And that just starts to shift things. Yeah, it's the parts. Um, it really resonates with me and in the work that is done within the project. You know, we mm-hmm. do um, we do a lot of work as far as looking at you know the different emotions, right? So we talk about the six primary emotions: uh, happiness, sadness, joy, fear, anger, um, and love. 
And when you can kind of like look at those emotions and take a step back and, and ask yourself, like, what am I feeling? That's a big part about of what we do at the project yeah. and where are you feeling that emotion in mm. your body? And um, that's a, also, you know, going back to, you know, what has really helped me, that part alone has been so transformational for me, um, understanding my anger, mm. understanding my sadness. And so I think one of the things that I see in the project and, and just in the world is that we have these projections and these ju- judgment judgments about emotions and these perceived negative emotions, yeah. w- which might be sadness, shame, uh, fear, anger. People like to control that a little more. So when you see somebody being sad, you know, the, the initial reaction is to try to caretake them. Yeah, fix it. Yeah, fix try it. Try to change it. Yeah. Try to change it. Where yeah. when you see somebody laughing, you don't have, you don't do that, right? Because they're having an emotional experience. And so I think that that has been really powerful for me to understand that um, I have emotional experiences and people, they have emotional experiences. And what I think our society sometimes tries to do is, um, is to limit, you know, when people see us being sad, when mm-hmm. people see us being angry, right. so specifically as a man, you know, talking about, you know, men's work. It, I think anger is this huge thing that is misunderstood. And in society, I think it's shamed a lot. You know, when men get angry, we're, we're powerful, right? So it can come out and it can, it can look a certain way. And I think that, um, I think that the more we can express our anger in healthy ways, the the more that um, anger can be less of a, a shameful thing and, and more of like, how can we understand that anger? You know, what's underneath that anger? It's probably right. sadness or, <laughs> you know, there's something underneath that. Yeah. Um, and to, to go there. And I think that, you know, there's a lot of angry men out there that that suppress mm-hmm. their anger. And now it's, it's coming out in these ways in our society. Just explodes. Um, like yeah, powder keg. yeah. Yeah. And so that's been really powerful um, to just try to understand mm-hmm. a little bit more in depth for me. Yeah. yeah I, I, I really liked what you were saying. I'm oh, sorry, Gabe. Um, no, good. About like, you know, you're talking about what one of the things that these groups taught you is really like kind of dropping into your body and feeling like, how do I actually feel about that? What is this? What is, what am I feeling now? Is it anger? Is it sadness? Like, mm. and it's, it's something so simple, but it's so powerful. Like, I feel like so much of like my journey in life and becoming like a better, like less shitty human being has just been coming more into my body and being like, Oh, what am I feeling? Like, Oh, this feels horrible. Like, or I'm feeling pain. Mm. And, uh, and it kind of reminded me of what you're saying earlier, like how you're saying in, in the groups, they, they try to discourage stories, right? Getting too lost in stories. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I, I that's the default mode for, for most people and, and for men, definitely. But like, we're just so lost in our stories and like thinking about things and just getting wrapped up and in, in all that, those words, the sentences. And we're not even aware of like what our bodies are feeling, what emotions are going on. And like, and that's that's where the juice is, you know, like that's yeah. where that's where uh, like that's where you really are. And that's where also like any healing or any like change is going to come from. And I think it's mm-hmm. just like, you know, getting lost in the stories and get, ignoring like what is actually like going on under the hood and what's happening in your heart and your gut and your body um, is actually to me feels like it sums up a lot of of really like where a lot of men are kind of lost right now. 
Yeah. And, and you know, we, we, we go into these emotions. And so one of the things mm-hmm. that the project uh, talks about is, so let's say you're feeling this emotion, uh, somebody, somebody cuts you off in traffic and you get angry, you get, you know, rage. And maybe you take that rage to a circle and you're like, you know, this happened today and I want to look at it. I want to take a look at what happened and you take a look at it. And one of the, one of the things that is going to be asked of you is, you know, when was the first time you felt this, this emotion go back to a childhood and, and think about the first time you felt this rage and that can really help unlock, um, I guess, some insight of of who we are. You know, where do we come from? Like, why why are we acting in this certain way? And I think really the reflection comes from maybe I don't want to act that way. Maybe the rage came up a little bit more than I wanted it to. And now that's why I want to take a, a little bit deeper of a, a look at it. Um, and then going, looking at it from that lens of, of childhood is mm-hmm. really, um, you know, a big space that we do work, uh, within the project and, you know, looking at the, the inner child that's, that's still inside of us right now. And, you know, what, what does that, that little Enrico need? You know, like you were saying right. about some of our, our shadows, it's like they're there to protect us. You know, when I was younger, that that perfectionism it was there to to protect me and now as an adult i can take a a step back and i can see you know the little inner child that's still in me and see that he you know maybe there's some healing that he needs from the adult me from the yeah. from from the man who's here now who he didn't have when he was younger right so there are some things that maybe i dealt with when i was younger and i didn't have anybody that had my back you know that that just knew what i needed at that moment not to say i didn't have love or you know my parents weren't there for me but you know there's times in our lives where we need something and it just wasn't there for whatever reason and so to kind of uh mentally or spiritually go back to that moment and to provide that that thing that you know i needed um it can kind of help to create some closure in some of the wounds that that i have yeah well that's um that's a perfect jumping off point to something else i was curious about which is your dad you have two kids um would love to hear a little bit about um in your relationship but actually i'm finding myself really even more curious about as a dad Mm -hmm. you're just talking about sort of communicating and having more of a relationship with the childhood version of yourself. Like I'd love to hear how um, doing this sort of work has changed what you do as a parent. Yeah. You know, it's, it's almost hard to think about how I was before the project um, because it's, it's so night and day as far as how I relate to my kids. Um, I look a lot more through their eyes now, you know, I think I've always been empathetic, but now through going through the project, um, there's like some exercises that, that I've seen and it's like, it brings me to tears as far as just the behaviors, the unconscious behaviors that we have that we give to our children. And so watching those things and kind of like, there's this, um, there's this little, I don't even know if it's an exercise, kind of like an example of like this little skit. And uh, essentially, it's like a guy paying attention to his phone instead of the kid. And like, you can kind of see what happens and what that is. And so, you know, that's been one of those things where it's like really mindful of, of being there, being present, um, especially with all these devices and TVs and, and things like that. And 
Um, I think that's one of the ways that that it's really helped me is to be present to where they're at right now. How are they feeling right now? Um, I guess also one thing it's it's helped me with is I had, um, I guess, more fear before about fucking up as a parent. Sure. Yeah, I think I was a lot <laughs> more fear. It seems like it's universal <laughs> on some level. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I had more fear. And now it's like I'm a lot more, um, I guess, just like, confident in the fact that i know i'm gonna fuck them up (laughs) (laughs) and like i'm just like okay there's gonna be some things that i'm gonna do that's gonna fuck them up and like that's okay and and i'm gonna be here to help them do their work around that and and like that's what life is actually like Mm. it doesn't matter if you have fucking oprah michael jordan is your mom and your dad like you're gonna fucking have some shit that you have to deal with um, and, and that's been really helpful as a parent to just, you know, understand that no matter if I was the perfect, like, again, it's my perfectionism, you know, right. I want to be perfect, but it's like, no matter what I do, um, my kids are going to have to deal with things in their life, just mm-hmm. like I had to deal with things. And I feel like I had great parents. Um, so kind of just coming to grips with that a little more has yeah. been has been more helpful and I think it's helped me relax more as a parent, be less like, ah, like stressful and chaotic, especially with my son. You know, I, I, uh, he's 13 going on 14, you know, getting ready to enter into high school. Oh boy. And I, and I see (laughs) so much of myself in him. Um, you know, the way that he, uh, you know, how he deals with school and like, you know, with me, like School was one of those things like I, I did really well in tests, but it was like I wasn't a straight A student. You know, I just wasn't that kid, straight A's and B's. And, you know, I usually made the honor roll. Um, but I see my I see myself in him and my mom approached it in a certain way that like was hard for me. And so I like try to approach it in different ways and, you know, just try to give him what I feel like, oh, man, this is what I needed at that time. You know, this is what I didn't have. And then in doing that, I, you know, I'm like, oh, well, I'm not giving him one of these things that my mom gave me. So it's like, you know what I mean? It's like just yeah. trying to, it's trying to improve on things that I feel like I can improve on. And at the same time, just realizing that I'm, I'm going to be imperfect, you yeah. know, and, and to just be there loving regardless. You know, I think that's, that's the most powerful thing that I just continue to learn through everybody's experience that I get to witness in the project is that, you know, we all just want love, you know, (laughs) we just want love from our parents. We want love from our friends. We want to, we want to thrive. Um, you know, so sometimes those things can, can be hard as a parent because we want to love our kids and we also want to protect them. We want to see them succeed. Um, so it's trying to balance those things that can sometimes, uh, you know, be a little bit conflicting, I guess. Yep. Yeah. 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 Um, that That's resonates. Beautiful. Yeah, that really resonates <laughs> on a lot of levels. Um, I would love to, um, another thing I found myself really curious about is sort of like integration. So I think like for me, when I've you know, sort of done any intense work therapy or a meditation retreat or whatever, it's always, it's not about the actual, it's like, just like your friend was saying after the initial weekend, right? Like, it's not about the weekend. It's not about the retreat. It's about how you bring it back into your life. So obviously it seems like the Mankind Project has sort of weekly things you can do mm-hmm. to to have this work be ongoing. I'm curious, outside of the structure of the Mankind Project, what, if anything, you've done mm-hmm. to 
integrate sort of this type of work into your life on a weekly or monthly or somewhat regular basis? Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I definitely journal a lot. So one of the things that happens within the I groups is we go through these rounds. You go through the lover round, you go through the warrior round, the magician round and the king round. And each round is specifically set up uh, to kind of hold a certain energy, right? So lover is kind of the beginning of the circle where you're connecting, you're, you're, you're building the container, right? You're building that safe space for everyone to eventually get their work done, right? The warrior round is all about getting your shit done, right? It's like warrior, um, you know, very like on point, looking at your integrity, looking at your agreements, um, you know, what agreements have you been making? And so in these processes, um, Let's just say, for example, I showed up late uh, to the podcast. I didn't today, but let's just say I did, right? <laughs> you were right on time. You were literally right to the minute on time. But let's say, <laughs> hypothetically. Hypothetically. This is one of the things the project helps me with. So let's just say I would have showed up like five, ten minutes late. Um, you know, in the project, we go through this round. Um, you're, are you in integrity with your agreements in your life? And so... Maybe I would check. I'm out of integrity. And, you know, in that round, I would own, you know, I was out of integrity from an agreement to show up at four o'clock at this podcast. Right. Mm -hmm. And so there's there's kind of a, a, a process around what are the unconscious uh, behaviors that led you to that? You mm -hmm. know, how does how does you being late impact you? How does it impact other people? Like, how did it impact mm -hmm. uh, Gabe and Jamin? Right. And so owning that shit, it starts really creating this integrated process of like, I'm going to do that less or, um, and at the end of the whole process, there's basically, uh, a step of, you know, what do you want to do, um, to, to get back into integrity, right? So if I'm out of integrity from being late, the goal isn't to shame me. So the goal right. of this process isn't to shame me. Mm -hmm. It's to get me back into the, into a win, you know, get back into the rhythm of being in integrity with my word. Um, so one of the things I might do is, is say, okay, for the next meeting that I'm going to, I'm going to show up 20 minutes early, or I'm going to make sure I weighs it. You know, there's little steps that kind of like action points at the end of it that always happen. And so what happens is like, you know, as weekly, you know, these weekly circles are going on. And if I'm really being real about my stuff, it's like there's this transformation that's happening in my real world, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I might go to Mary and, and own something that happened, right? Or, you know, go to a friend and, and treat them differently because now I've uncovered something that I didn't see before. Yeah. So that's kind of like one of like the examples of just like really how this work is kind of like it forces you to integrate, it forces me to integrate if I'm authentic. Yeah, yeah, right. And so, like, you're in all of these, like, small but very important ways, you're building this sort of ideology and this perspective and this approach into just the everyday life. interactions. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it sounds very, like, practical, actually, and, like, applicable. You know, it's like, I feel like you, you just get doing a lot of practice each week and, like, owning your shit, talking about it directly with other people who can then hold you accountable and then 
and, you know, examining it and then figuring out, okay, how can I shift this like moving forward? You know? Yeah, exactly. It seems like a very powerful thing to do on a weekly basis. <laughs> it's amazing. And one of the <laughs> things that's actually almost just as powerful as owning my shit is watching another man own their shit. Mm. Right. So like one thing, like here's an example of, of how a man has like owned something or just like come up with an idea. Um, he wanted to meditate and he wasn't meditating. And he was like, you know, I made this agreement to meditate 30 minutes a day and I'm not doing it. What I'm going to do is I'm going to start meditating for five minutes a day. Mm -hmm. And just hearing him own all that shit, I was like, you know what? I can meditate for five minutes a day. <laughs> and, it, and it helped me like see a step in my life that I wanted to take. You know, a man once said, like, I'm going to go home and I'm going to kiss my wife so passionately that she just haven't felt me kiss her like that in five <laughs> years. And I'm just like, oh, you know, like, so that's like, a good idea. I'm going to take some notes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to do yeah, that like, tonight, too. <laughs> yeah. So you hear, you know, you hear these really, um, you know, these great action steps from, you know, men who are who want to to uh, better their lives. And it helps you helps me see like, oh, I could do that, too. You know, inspirational. That's yeah, really that's cool. cool. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I feel like you, you already answered like one of my questions, but um, I was going to ask like what, you know, I, you know, some people might be listening to this and might be like, well, what is, you know, okay. I see the benefit of having a group. I see the benefit of like being honest and being held accountable, but what is, you know, the benefit of sitting with a bunch of other men? Like why do that versus just, you know, a group with like, you know, both men and women or, mm -hmm. or whatever. Um, and I, I'm curious, it, it sounds like from what you were saying, it seems like maybe one benefit would be, um, you know, I feel like for men, we, we have very few like healthy masculine role models in our lives. And just from hearing you talk about that, I was like, wow, I feel like on a weekly basis, you guys are getting to, to model healthy masculinity to each other and like, and grow that together, which to me seems like a very powerful thing. Yeah. I, it's a great question. Um, I think doing work with just men and doing work with women, they're, they're very different. You know, they're, they're very similar, but they're very different. Um, in the, in the sense that when women are in a circle, the energy changes, right? It's just like, it's just a natural occurrence. Um, I think men want to look good. I think men want to sound good. I think there's fear to mm. talk about um, certain subjects because of, you know, being judged. So when you're around just men, I feel like, uh, at least for me, there's a, it feels safer to speak about certain things, right? Mm. Like I try to consider myself like as authentic as possible, but I'll own like when I'm in a circle with all men, I'm just going to share about different things. You know, it's just, it's just a very natural thing. Um, so I think that it's, it's been really important for me to do work in, in very a focused environment with men, um, talking about issues that really only a man can understand. Right. It's like mm -hmm. sometimes we're talking about things and if, you're not a man. How could you understand? Like, I'm not a woman. So I could never sit here and try to pretend like I understand what it's like experiencing life like a woman, you know? And so I can't, if a woman's going to come to me for that support, I could never support her in that way, you know? So in that way, I can't be of support to her like one of her, uh, one of her sisters, just like, uh, 
a brother, a, a sister couldn't support me the way that one of my brothers can just because of that simple experience of being a man. So I think that, you know, in, in MKP, I've learned that it's so healthy and nurturing um, to do men's work. And once one feels ready and once one feels like they have actually gone in and done their work and uncovered their unconscious behaviors and some of their bullshit, then I think it's imperative to then bring that work to a co-ed circle and for men and women to bring that that energy together and to to better understand each other from that place. Yeah, no, that both sides of that coin feel like what our world desperately needs right now, right? Like we need guys to to step into like a healthier version of masculinity and find their purpose. And um, I think be able to drop into their bodies and their emotions and not see that as like a lame thing to do, but like as like a powerful and a beautiful thing to be able to cry and, yeah. and to go into your anger healthily or your, or your sadness and be supported by your brothers. And then I think with that, maybe concurrently, maybe after, but then like, I feel like we, you have like the strong foundation with which to, to reach across the aisle, so mm -hmm. to speak, right? Like yeah. to really actually understand and, and to try to connect with women and to, and to, to try to be uh, a really powerful force in like helping solve a lot of these issues that, that we're having right now with masculinity. Um, and yeah, I mean, it just, it sounds really potent and it sounds really needed right yeah. now. And, and MKP has an organization called Next Step, which is basically um, essentially men and women coming together to do their work and kind of like the next step of what, what the work is. Um, and there's also a sister organization that is specifically for women called uh, Her, and there's another one called Woman Within that is basically a very similar process of what uh, men go through in MKP. So if there's any ladies out there that's listening to this podcast, um, you know, there's much love for you out there as well. That's amazing. <sighs> awesome. Well, yeah, no, this, that sounds, uh, I'm so glad you, you know, got to share that with us uh, listeners. It sounds really powerful. The work you've been doing, and uh, if people wanted to like learn more about Mankind Project and and maybe get involved, like, do you have some like resources and maybe even some like advice or some kind of like beginner steps for people who'd like to dive in? Yeah, I would definitely say uh, go to the Mankind Project website. I believe it's mankindproject.org. Um, if not, just Google Mankind Project. It's something like that. Um, but yeah, you know. Going into the organization, you can go onto the website and you can click a button that says check out a training near me. Um, there's trainings all over the globe. They're in England. They're in Australia. They're in South Africa. They're in Mexico City. They're all over the United States. Um, so I would say, you know, depending on where you are, look and see if there's a, if there's a, a, a training that is near where you live. And um, if not, then definitely just hop on a plane and, you know, join some new some new brothers that are going to be initiating and, um, you know, take I say take that plunge. Um, it's a little bit of an investment. I want to say it's like around four hundred dollars for the weekend, something like that. Um, no man is ever turned down because of finances. So if your finances aren't as strong as you want them to be. 
don't let that stop you. There's scholarships. Um, there is like loans that you can do. You know, that men are, we want men to join and, and we also want you to be invested in your own growth. Um, so, you know, we do ask that every man does put up some money for his weekend, um, just so that they're actually invested in it. Um, so I would say, you know, look on the website. If you can, there's also some open circles for uninitiated men. So you can reach out to the Mankind Project, you know, get a hold of a man, ask him, is there an open circle somewhere around your area that you can drop in at? And yeah, you know, men are going to be more than more than welcoming to, to new energy coming in. They'll explain some of the processes and you'll get to experience what I experienced in that garage uh, the f- very first time that, that I stepped into this work. <laughs> That's amazing. Awesome. Well, Rico, thank you so much for sharing your story and opening up about that. Uh, it's really powerful work you guys are doing. Oh, thank you, man. Thank you so much to you and Gabe for all the work that y'all are doing on this podcast. I'm, I'm really, um, I'm honored to be a part of it and to continue just this positive vibration that y'all are putting into the universe for men and, you know, for women too, for everybody, you know, everyone. Yeah. You know, we're all in this together. So I'm, I'm just like super thankful to be a part of it with y'all. Well, thanks, man. Appreciate that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We're honored as well. And uh, yeah, so that'll bring us to the end of the show. Uh, Before we leave, let's tell the audience where they can keep up with us online. Uh, Rico, where can people find you on the internet? Yeah, yeah. Y'all can follow me on Instagram and Twitter. I'm at Enrico Moses. Um, You can check out my blog which is seven days theory.com. And yeah, just Google Enrico Moses. I, I pop up all over. I would love <laughs> to hear from you, you know, reach out to me via Twitter, Instagram. Um, yeah, it's all about the community vibes and, and s- spreading the love. Awesome. And Gabe, where can people find you? Uh, just same place as usual. Probably Twitter is the easiest place at Gabe Rose. Um, what about you, Jamie? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Jamin underscore Yi, and you can find my blog at JaminYi.com. And you can find all episodes of Guys With Feelings at GuysWithFeelings.co. Shoot us an email at GuysWithFeelingsShow at gmail.com. Music for the podcast is by Broke for Free. And if you're feeling generous or not, leave us a review. All right, well, that'll do it for this episode. Until next time, we hope everyone out there is able to embrace the lows, celebrate the highs, and appreciate the messy journey in between. We'll see you guys next time. Hey.